Hello, Paramount Executive, sir. I got a show to pitch for you. (gasps) Hey, buddy, what kind of show are you going to show to me today? So, you know how we picked up that Halo uh, license, like, about, like, 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, I sure do. Well, you know, I got Steven Spielberg on board, and we got some some money, buck uh, fifty, and we're we're gonna go through with it. Oh wow, wow! That's the uh, that's the green guy with the uh, with the helmet, right? Yes, 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 sir. John Halo himself. Oh, that's oh, that's just wonderful. That's great. We really need one of those. You know, I heard the the Mandalorian was really popular with the kiddos, and that happened a couple years ago. So let's hear what you got. Well, see, see, sir, we we are going to to uh, make ourselves different from the Mandalorian because you see, the Mandalorian oh. had rules about taking the helmet off, right? What? Well, I suppose he did, you know, but I'm I'm pretty sure they've never sh- uh, done. But uh, 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 what? What do you get in? What are you getting in with that? Well, see, because we have because there's no no rules about having Master Chief's helmet off. Um, we could just do it in the TV show now. Because we we're not we're not we're this isn't a video game. You don't need to insert yourself into the character specifically, so we can take the helmet off, so we can put a, a recognizable face uh, on Master Chief. Well, that does sound kind of interesting. I think I think I could uh, you know have like a final episode reveal after so many years of people not knowing what Master Chief looks like. Oh no, I was thinking we could do it in the first episode. The first episode. Yeah, to get some buzz going about the premiere. Like, at the end of it, everyone's going to be like, wow, Master Chief took his helmet off. That's crazy. And everyone's going to be talking about it. In the, in the first episode. So you, you must have a really big idea for the first episode. It's, it's probably going to be a, a, a huge crisis of faith or, or something big that people have never seen happen before, right? Oh, well, you see, so, Ma- so Master Chief, um, <clears throat> he's going to have this girl, right, that he's trying to get on his side because she's got a gun pointed at him. So he takes off his protective gear while a girl is pointing a gun at him. Oh, so he must, well, you must just keep the the camera behind him then, right? So we don't actually see his face the very first time he takes his helmet off, right? Oh, no. See, he's going to explain to her that his titanium armor causes most bullets to just bounce off because it's made out of titanium, you know? And so he'll take off his helmet and Uh go, if you want to kill me, you can shoot me right here in the middle of, of my face. But she's not going to. Because she now knows that he's human. And she didn't know he was human before. No, because she thought she, he, she, she she was under the impression that all Spartans were like monsters or something. And by taking the, the, the helmet off, she, she recognizes that he's just a man, just like anybody else. Oh, she thinks it. Oh, so we must have had like a whole bunch of scenes with the insurrectionists by now. You're you're probably thinking it's like the like the the latter half of the first episode. He's probably we've already shown so many scenes of the Spartans like fighting the insurrectionists and having that. You know, I think I think I remember reading a book about that where the insurrectionists and the UNSC have this really weird conflict that's never explored in any of the games. You probably spend a lot of time exploring that in the show, don't you? Oh no, we skip right over that, sir. That's that's the background lore of the show. But by, by, by the time the show starts, the insurrectionist thing is over and we're going to have like this insurrectionist colony that just gets absolutely wiped out by the uh, covenant. And like, I'm going to blow up some children, like just blow their limbs, clean off their body. Oh, wow. 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 That sounds incredibly violent. Very violent. Very so violent that you're going to wonder why this show is rated TV 14. 
wow 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 that sounds like a show we would definitely produce so this this little girl i'm i i, I don't know if we're gonna be able to you know there, it's a lot of gamers in that audience i'm not sure if they're gonna take keenly to a to a young girl is there anything else you can do to a help uh help sell her to me well so <clears throat> So, you know, we don't really care about the racist video game fans. So I was thinking we could pick a young Korean girl to really jumpstart her career. However, I was thinking the girl we picked was a little too pretty. So I thought we could ugly her up a bit. Just cut the sides of her hair off, you know? Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. It's that, uh, it's that really popular, uh, the, the shaved, said, shaved, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the hairstyle. I know the hairstyle. Oh, no. See, I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, put that haircut on another character to make her uglier than normal. But Quan Ha, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to just like put a bunch of dirt on her and stuff. You, you, we, we got, really got to like downplay her attractiveness, you know? Um, and she, she's going to be a really likable character. So the dirt's gonna be from uh, her living on a on a insurrectionist planet, right? And then she's gonna get cleaned up, and maybe she'll maybe even have a, a crisis of faith of wondering, man, is the insurrectionist life really worth it? With how much more comfortable the UNSC life is, something like that. Uh, no, we're gonna keep her in the same bloody clothes for the the whole show. She's just gonna be wearing the the the, the clothes that are stained in the the blood of her murdered uh, family members and uh, fellow insurrectionists. She's also not gonna question the insurrectionist life life at, at any point she even says to this one kid when she asks him so you mined deuterium under the unsc and after we leave the unsc are you going to continue to mine deuterium and he's like yeah and then she's just like well that's not really being free is it so sounds like that kind of doesn't go anywhere huh no it does not no actually see what we're gonna do with this character because we gotta we gotta make her important right she's our oc she's gonna go to these mystics in the uh in the desert because we're gonna imply that magic exists in the halo universe right mystics like like oracles that that kind of thing yeah, there's going to be a bunch of black women in the desert, and they're going to be like, there's a there's a portal on your home planet. That's what your dad was fighting so hard for. And we're going to see like a monitor. It's going to like come up from the from the portal, and then Quan Ha is going to be like, oh, I got to go find the portal because it's probably important. It probably leads to Halo or something. Wow, that sure sounds like a complete waste of time and not anything to do with anything I ever heard about the wacky hoops, man. Speaking of the hoops, man, what else does uh was does 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 the chief Halo Master guy do? B- believe me, sir, it'll be it'll be very important to the over, over overall plot, or not at all. But uh, <clears throat> the Master Man himself, John John One One Seven, Halo Chief Master Man. Yeah, the core, the core of Halo. You know, the reason people watch the show. What 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 do you do with him? Well, so, you know, we already made the change that we're going to be showing his face, right? But we're going to be showing his face a lot. Like, almost entirely you will be seeing his face. Uh, this whoa, version whoa, whoa. of Master Ma- Chief, he's also a little bit more gruff. You know, he's a little bit more serious. He's a little bit more irresponsible. Uh, we're going to see his butt. So, you want us to see the face of a character whose face has never been shown before at any point in previous media over the course of pretty much the entire lives of every fan who's ever liked this show from being a kid. And you also want him to be more serious, but you also want to have him be irresponsible. And you also want him to be naked. Yeah. You know, he's got to go on a character journey to become the master chief. We know from the game. So he's going to be a little irresponsible. He's going to be a little bit emotional. He's going to be a bit more rational. He's going to, uh, um, Markiplier punches mom at one point. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, uh, he's he's gonna Markiplier punch Doctor Halsey. Uh well, see, Cortana's gonna stop him because see, see, in my in my version of the story, she's wired into it to his nervous system, so she can just shut him down. Wow, 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 wow! That sure sounds like a show that some single mothers will appreciate having a hot male bad boy, resp- irresponsible, responsible main character military guy. Oh, he also attempts to uh, murder his mom with radiation at one point. Like, 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 like she is just seconds away from being re- reduced to a mass of tumors. Oh, well, that's got to be because there was a, a, a dire situation with the Covenant, right? Like, that must have just been a, the only possible choice he had left, right? No, see, he was testing to see how, how, how far Cortana would go to protect her creator. So he puts Halsey in a situation and yells at, at Cortana to stop him from doing it. But Cortana cannot physically prevent Master Chief from doing these actions. She can only just shut him down. Wow. So you're, he, he's a, a, a psychopath, potentially. No, they no, see no, him no, as no, no, no. Dr. Halsey is the psychopath here. She's the psychopath. Master Chief wasn't going to actually let Halsey die. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it sounds like you've got it under control. I assume you've got another writer who's also working with you on this, right? Oh yeah, we're 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 a we're a du- we're a duo, and we're gonna write every ep- every episode basically together because we we be- kind of share a hive mind of the same uh, same ideas we're gonna have. Like we're gonna have a human girl in the covenant. Excuse me. So you know, people can't really empathize with having alien villains, right? So I was thought we could put a human face that uh the girl with the the shaved side haircut that I was I was thinking of. Yeah, we're gonna change the lore a little bit. So the the covenant. Uh, a need to use this uh, this human because she's a reclaimer, but we're not going to use that term. We're going to call her the Blessed One. Wow, that sure sounds like something that a writer from Paramount would do. Yes, and also we're going to make her have sex with Master Chief. Could excuse me. Well, see, I was thinking we could t- take a lot of d- differing things with Master Chief. This is Master Chief like we've never seen him before. We've seen, we're about to see him uh, commit insubordination, which he did in the games a little bit. We're going to see him nearly commit murder. Uh, we're going to have him commit a war crime by having sex with this Covenant girl while she's under his care as a POW. Uh, also, we're going to get to see Master Chief take a walk in a park and go on a date. Uh, go on a walk in a park. On a date, I I assume he's in, he's still in his in his armor to make it like kind of funny to to look at, right? Oh no, we're gonna have him in this weird like space vest thing. Master Chief's gonna put on you know regular people clothes or even space people clothes. Oh, oh. Well, the I assume the space clothes at least look pretty cool, right? Oh no, there's just like some weird like kind of thick like clothing that no one would ever reasonably wear that the costuming department came up with. Wow. 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 I, I also have some other Spartan ideas I wanted to pitch for you for the show. Cause we, we, we can't just have master chief. Well, it looks like we're actually, uh, you know, pr- pr- pretty close to being done here. I just got a text message from Microsoft and uh, 343. There's about a no, couple hundred million dollars waiting for the show. You're good to go, champ. 
Oh, great, great, wonderful. Um, I just wa wa wanted to, to, to swing one thing uh, by you. What do you think about killing off Master Chief in the last episode? Did you um did, did you ever play any of the uh the Halo games by chance? No, no, sir. No, I did not. How about how about that other writer that you've got on there? Did he ever play any of the Halo games? Oh uh, well, see, he looked up very specific things on the wiki. Like he looked up gravitational lensing on Wikipedia and the Halo wiki description of the Needler. Wow, 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 wow! That sure sounds like you guys did a lot of research. That's great. Well. Uh, what what are your plans for season two? If uh, Master oh, Chief is dead, oh well, see, we're probably gonna bring him 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 back, right? I mean, he, we can't just leave him dead forever. He's probably gonna be in limbo or something cliche like that, and we'll have him like wandering around for a couple episodes, like trying to find himself while Cortana's meat puppeting his dead corpse, and then uh, he'll come back to life. Wow, 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 wow. That's that sure is something. Anyways, champ, here's your hundred million dollars. Go ahead, kiddo. Don't worry. Please, and the, the, the fans will be super easy, barely an inconvenience. Of course. Well, have fun. <sighs> the Halo TV show. Crush Welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. <clears throat> welcome welcome to so you think you can fan and i'm matt this is sergio I'm... um sergio why did we watch the halo show did we have to well we had to make this episode so being that we uh we we just got done doing our little pitch meeting on uh, uh halo um let's talk about halo the series but first we're going to talk about the things that we like let's let's get that out of the way so no one thinks we're a bunch of negative nancy's things that i liked uh you know when kai is lifting the like like the the warthog and like the uh um like the the big like the other big heavy thing and like the camera like zooms into her ass on those sweatpants that was a that was a top 10 moment of the show it only lasts for a second but that was uh that was pretty good if i don't say so myself um i liked the uh, i liked the costuming for the most part i thought the spartans looked good i thought the weapons also looked good for the most part like i would love to be in the prop room for this show i'd be like in heaven i'd be picking stuff up and like pretend to like shoot it and stuff um I liked the fight yeah. scenes for the most part. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put an asterisk on my own fight scene thoughts. I think the fight scenes are okay. For a Paramount show, they're okay. They rely a little too heavy on entire CGI sequences. They de if, if, It feels like they, they needed to cut corners, so instead of like doing actors with CGI, the Spartan, like the you're just watching a cutscene, basically. Um, which yeah, makes and things look a that, artificial. The surrounding show for pretty much every fight scene is just terrible. I mean... Mm, well, hold on. We're still talking about things, th things that we liked. Uh, I liked uh, the cast for the most part. <laughs> I think the I think the woman they picked to play Halsey was a great choice. She looks like Halsey. She speaks like Halsey. She doesn't quite act like Halsey, 90% of the time, but, like, I buy it um, as a performance. Yeah, I think, uh, um... 
Pablo Schreiber does an okay job at being Master Chief. I'm just Silver Team was okay. I think a lot of people reacted quite strongly to Silver Team. I think Silver Team is okay. Vanek the Spartan. I think Sergio and I are in agreement. Vanek the Spartan is a pretty good character. I think Vanek would have done better as Master Chief, to be honest. Um, yeah, no. If 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 Vanek was just Master Chief and he took his helmet off at the end of the show and he was a black guy, I wouldn't care because he's just yeah, Master I, Chief. I genuinely wouldn't have cared if they pulled off his helmet in the first episode and just didn't show us his face and it, it was a black guy. Would not have cared. Would not have cared. Literally, wouldn't have cared. I know that canonically isn't like in line with the games. Don't care. Genuinely, couldn't care less. If the guy acted like Chief and behaved like Chief, wouldn't care. Because I'm not going to say he has to look like Chief. Because guess what? Just wear the fucking helmet and you look like Chief. It's magical. It's magical. You don't even have to look like him. You just have to be tall and have a deep voice and you can be Chief. Also, um, uh, I got to give props to Soren, who is the only character who acts like a regular human being in this thing. And while while Matt didn't watch the Quan Ha episode, I like what they do with Soren in that episode because he's just like having fun. He's being a little goofy. He's like, you know, someone you could potentially empathize with. And the show doesn't do a lot with Soren um, at all. It's ki- kind of a shame. Uh, if anybody was to get like their own like standalone episode, it would be him. But yeah, that's what I, I liked about the show. What did you like about the show, Matt? Well, I already mentioned most of what I like about the show. Um, the intro, not the intro, like the, the, the theme song intro. I mean, like the first half of the first episode was unironically the best part of the show for me. I think any portion of any episode the first half of that first episode is the longest uninterrupted stretch of decent quality, decent quality, not amazing, but it's a very strong intro to show us the point of view of the insurrectionists. They could have done a better job with how that they did some of it, but I liked that they had like the young guy say, Oh man, we're so fucking cool, man. Fuck the UNSC. Oh, we can tear them apart. And then this old guy's like, dude, like one Spartan would kill all of us. You are so fucking dumb. And that was a good intro for me, at least to see from the insurrectionist point of view, because nothing in halo beyond reach even really mentions the insurrection as being a thing that's entirely in the books and the comic books. If we're talking about the video games, it's just like, literally the first part of reach that mentions the insurrectionists i think in a different universe if they spent the entirety of the first season of a halo tv show just dealing with the insurrections and no covenants that would have been fine that would have been perfect in fact because there's way more leeway around the insurrectionist side of the halo lore than there is after the insurrectionist yeah with the covenant but we'll, we'll get into that way deeper. yeah I, I just want to say the halo games as great as they are, are terrible at the introducing you to the wider lore of the universe, which is fine because they're they're kind of in a bubble following one person in this. Like, Halo games aren't Mass Effect, where, like, 
you have like full control of your ship and you're going to all these different places and you're learning about the world. If you just want to learn Halo lore, you don't play the games. You you go on the wiki, you read the books, you read the comics, you read any sort of guidebooks that they have. Not a not a knock against the games, obviously, because they're designed that way specifically to just like what like, like any lore you need to know is told to you. But like yeah. like the outside stuff, like Oni and the Insurrectionists nothing. and the Spart origins of the Spartans. Yeah, to further Sergio's point, the whole original trilogy, one, two, and three, that takes place over the course of a year, a month. Is it a year? I thought it was more like a couple months at the most. No, it's a year. Is it a year? Yeah. Okay. Because it's, I mean, it is short. It is wildly short compared to the full length of Halo. Yeah, I mean, like, Reach falls. Re- Reach falls within the like the one year, and then Halo One happens like right after. Then there's a few months between two, and then you know two and three happen like right after each other. But it's within the span the the span of the year that the 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 like the the first phase of the story. Yeah, and compared to the wider Halo lore, like a year of time is nothing. To put that in better perspective, I'm pretty sure the Star Wars original trilogy is like two to three times that length it, it covers a span of, of four years four years yeah so that's i mean halo the original trilogy is crazy short in terms of just chronological progression obviously vast amounts of changes happen just ramification wise there's huge changes in the world in that in that one year but um <sighs> Let, let's stop talking about Halo specifically unless you have anything else to say. And we'll, we'll get to ad- adaptation principles and just how we're structuring our uh, our opinions over um, how you do an adaptation. Talk about the good thing. I just want to go over the bad things of the of the show because this is our general review portion. Um, oh, that's right. Car- yeah, the general review of both shows. That's right. Th- there, is no, there is no subtlety to any of the dialogue. Uh, characters just, just say everything extremely on the nose. Characters... Uh, occasionally just exposit dialogue to the audience that no regular human would ever say in the situation that they're in. Like there is a scene where Quan Ha is um, with her friends and they are harvesting plants to make drugs with. And she specifically tells them about how their planet is a deuterium mine and how deuterium is good for plant growth because it's, it's hydrogen. And, um, uh, that is used to make the drugs that they are about to go produce, even though why would she be telling her friends that? That is specifically for the audience to know. That also, the, the, deuter- the deuterium as a resource in the show doesn't go anywhere whatsoever. The show kind of feels like it's written by fucking robots sometimes, and I we made the joke earlier about the writers not having played the games. That's not a joke. The lead writer yeah, no, did ne- not play a single game. Never does the show feel like Halo. They completely miss the ball. Uh, if you came to a Halo series to see Master Chief like j- jumping out of ships and landing on planets and doing cool Master Chief stuff, you're not gonna get that. You're gonna get a lot of really shallow melodrama and like people standing around in rooms and talking. And now, listen, I'm not saying that 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 a Halo series needed to be like eight hours of just nonstop walking and shooting and fighting but 
you could have made the 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 the, the, the like the the downtimes a lot more interesting and intriguing um but they don't do that like if you were like oh what if what if we made halo like the mandalorian where master chief is going on a galaxy expanding adventure in his ship with the spartans they're going to different planets and they're having to talk to people and figure things out getting into fights along the way that's not this show that's not the show at all yeah i there's so much plot inconsistency it's it, it's really difficult to even get into i think that my biggest problem with the show thinking back on it every step of the way it's just boring as sin. There are some episodes, particularly the Quanha episodes, that are just so boring. They're so unapologetically, mind-numbingly boring. There's just nothing of interest that happens. The show does not get you to care about half of the characters before anything really meaningful happens to them. The entire finale of the show is supposed to be incredibly emotionally just powerful with how that the characters are dealing with each other and the loss of Master Chief. I, I I didn't care. I could not have cared any less, in fact. Just the whole show honestly feels like it did its level-headed best to convince the audience to not care about its characters, and man, did it succeed for me. I did uh, not remotely care about the characters. The the writers really tried to turn the Spartans into clone troopers. Like they instead of having the Spartans be like super mm-hmm. indoctrinated from a young age, they have these uh uh emotional suppressor pellets, like how in the Clone Wars they retcon so the, the clones have like the uh like the control chip in their heads that makes them unable to resist the orders being give to, given to them. Uh Halsey also at one point calls Order 66 um for the uh the Spartans uh which yeah. the, the the protocol and how she describes it makes no sense on why uh like <laughs> so so the Halo TV series version of Order 66 the Z protocol as Halsey states if the military command is ever compromised, a lead civilian representative, which is Halsey, can take control of the Spartans and she can order them to basically do anything. Why? Why would you ever write that into your military doctrine? Whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it's the it, it's just it, it's irritating it's annoying how fucking dumb she's dumb like you would think that like if you were imagine you're a soldier and this this protocol does go and and the the halsey starts speaking to you don't you think you turn to your buddy and go did somebody elect her to that position i don't remember command telling us that the civilian could to start ordering us around yeah and it's not like a chip in their brain either like they they just follow the order. Not to mention Halsey has been stripped of her positions and is a basically a f- outlaw fugitive at this point. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's dumb. I I don't even want to think about and, it. And all and also just just dis, despite them uh saying some expository dialogue uh d- to us that Oh yeah, Chief. We've been fighting with each other since children. Uh, the Spartans are ready to drop Master Chief on a on a flick of a hat. No remorse. Yeah, no, no questions. And the thing is, they say that Master Chief has been acting strangely the whole show, 
there's no point in the entire show where I actually feel like I know who the fuck they're trying to write Master Chief as. No fault of Pablo Schreiber, by the way. This is all pure writing from beginning to end. Um, The beginning episode, the first episode, like the second half of the first episode is a part of the show that should have occurred maybe after six episodes. Really good, well-developing six episodes. And it occurs after half an episode with him barely in it. Also, it also baffles my mind. The whole Zed protocol, going back to that, Chief outranks all of them. Uh, for those who who, who don't know, uh, Master Chief Petty Officer is a rank in the U.S. Navy, and the UNSC just uses regular U.S. military ranks. Chief is an E-9. He outranks basically every enlisted soldier on that base. And the Petty Officers below him, uh, which are the other Spartans, just decide to commit insubordination against their commanding officer because a civilian told them to. Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's just so, so, so strange. There's, how many E-ranks even are there in? There are. Because he's in the uh, Navy. In the Navy, I think, right? I think that, I, I think they go up to, uh, they go up to 10. Because I think E-9 might be the highest, if not the second highest. Like he's Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, so he's an E-9 after that, you have to be a warrant officer. Uh, yeah. So, well, yeah. So there, there's there's different variations on it, but he's described as being E nine Master Chief Petty Officer, meaning that the I are warrant officers above the uh, they would have to be above the enlisted, right? I don't know where the warrant officers fit into the like the command structure. And any uh, technically, any officer would be higher. Than an than than the NCL, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, if if we're just going off of if 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 the the protocol states that if military command uh is is um uh what do you call it uh compromised so like the like that would be the whole officer chain of command uh you would have to then go to your NC your head NCO your E nine your master chief petty and not a fucking civilian this is not how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's just nonsense to me. It's just complete nonsense, and it it boggles my mind how the command structure would even allow Halsey to implement something like that at all. Because this is not, this is like something that they know about that they should have been able to know about, and the whole pretense of Halsey's research is that she's under very close scrutiny because the UNSC upper rank does not trust her, but apparently they don't care about investigating her systems or how she's training the Spartans or any of that. I mean, it's just, it is mind-blowingly bizarre. It just does not make any fucking sense. I wanted to just switch over to joking every fucking episode. I don't even want to joke! It was, it was painful. It was physically fucking painful at certain points to talk. Not not even to talk, just, just to watch it. Because it was either boring or infuriating. Two of the worst combinations you can have. Very rarely was it anything I actually genuinely wanted to see more of. And if it was, it was for a very brief stint. That's a good way for me to sum up my own thoughts on it. Um, we'll talk about other stuff in further detail. Did you, can you recall anything else in, in general that we should talk about, Sergio? 
generally the the right the writing is very inconsistent plot the the writer it feels like the person who wrote the show has alzheimer's they will forget things in episodes i think actually pitch meeting a pitch meeting makes a joke in their morbius review about how you see you see you see producer man every scene is in its own universe so i don't have to go back and reference a previous scene this is a different scene things are different uh, that's how the show feels. Yeah. Uh, there's a part at the yeah. end where uh, Kai is on a is on a crashing ship, um, and she crashes into the ground. Everyone's like, "Oh no, she she's she's dead!" And then she climbs out. And then at the the end, we see the Spartans um, jump from atmosphere and land on a planet just fine. Yeah, I mean. I, I knew straight away from just Halo lore in general that a Spartan would survive a plane crash literally without any question. There's not even a cause for concern in even the most momentary of senses. A Spartan lives through that so easily. And yet they made a whole like two minute scene about whether or not she'll survive. Like the- what? Is that uh? Is that is that the is that their shields protecting them from the 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 the, the impact, like, or is that also just their armor? Or is it? It's both? like five different things. There, I mean, Spartans are literally designed from a biological perspective to be able to drop literally from orbit onto a planet and survive. Mm-hmm. Their armor creates a, a special gel casing lockdown system that prevents the Spartan from moving during a fall, so that they can't hurt themselves. In addition to that, the shielding, I think, does help with some kinetic uh, dispersion. But basically, it's just the armor that helps make them really, 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 really resilient. I think it it builds up like an inner gel layer around their organs and um, just their body in general that prevents them from dying when they hit the ground. But I mean, if a Spartan can prepare for the impact for a good couple seconds, the suit's going to do everything. There's, there's no chance of a Spartan getting hurt. And I just kept thinking, just jump out the fucking window. You, you're you going to live. And lo and behold, the Spartan who crash lands in the plane, it's Kai. I don't care about spoilers. You don't care about spoilers. Nobody cares about spoilers. It's Kai. Kai gets out of the fucking crater and she's fine. Kai is totally fine. She's basically uninjured in any way which is exactly how it should go and this is you know this is the last thing i'll mention because this is the most befuddling part and this is how i know there was intensely strange levels of writer discoordination and discombobulation on the on the production staff because if you have a spartan who is not talking there's no dialogue there's no story beats happening and it is purely a pre-vised fight scene the spartans are the most accurate to books and pure Halo canon they have ever been at any point. When they're just gunning for something in an action scene, they are the monsters and badass super soldiers they have always been meant to be. They run at frightening speeds. Uh, Kai, before that whole stupid plane scene, she catches up to it as it's taking off. And that's what a fucking Spartan can do. They're not meant to just be strong dudes. They're meant to be literally gods. Just as close to a god as you can get to be. And that's how they turn the tide of the Covenant War. 
And I believe when they're at their tip top shape in these fight scenes that they can do that. Any other time in a dialogue scene, they're like fucking children. In the worst oh, way. I'll, I'll also point out um, in regards to the uh, the Spartans. Um, don't go losing my train of thought. Don't go losing my train of thought. God, I had, I, had, I had something to say on the regard. Oh, yeah, heights. Uh, the show does not bother to make the Spartans 6'10. Uh, <laughs> Master Cheeks' canonical height in the show is just 6'3. Like, they, they don't use camera tricks, oh they don't use God. camera work. Uh, but no, you know, the Spartans no, will stand around a bunch of like five feet women, which makes them look taller, but they're all just like regular height. But no. No, they do have camera tricks in some scenes. That's the most confusing part. There are scenes where they're clearly doing a visual trick with the Spartans standing still and other people like moving around in the background and the Spartans actually look like fucking giants compared to them. I'm thinking I, uh, I mean, are they? I just thought they just picked it. They just picked some tall actors, put them in armor that made them a little taller and then just didn't do anything camera wise. That maybe they I mean there are some scenes where they don't like show you their legs. And I'm pretty sure that they're on like a stand or something because there's some scenes where they're like inhumanly tall, where people who are shown to be at least decently tall come up to their chest level. And that's like, wow, that's tall. That person is hugely tall. But yeah, no, in most scenes, they're just like slightly above average height. And I, you know, Fucking sure, that's a hard thing to do. Height is difficult to trick people into believing, but it's been done. It's been done a lot, and this show was not cheap to produce. This yeah, it was like ten million an episode for ten million an episode, and for how sparsely used the Spartans are throughout the show you'd think that they could easily show them as the gigantic super soldiers they're meant to be. And I don't know. There's just so many missed opportunities with the Spartans too. And the, and the soldiers, it's a whole subtext line in halo canon that Marines in general are kind of like spooked by Spartans because they're told so many stories about them. And there's so few of them around, not to mention ODSTs and Marines in general kind of feel like, they're a little bit shafted by the Spartans getting chosen for all the really cool, really big missions. But then, of course, in the canon, there's also the fact that the Marines and ODSTs, when they do meet a Spartan and they go on missions with the Spartans, their respect and adoration of the Spartans just fucking skyrockets through the roof. And we don't see really any of that transition or thoughts of the of the rank and file. The rank and file is kind of like, oh, yeah, the Spartans are pretty cool. And it almost felt like they were supposed to have had that weird little standoffish bit with the Spartans because there's a scene where Kai is like pulling up giant machinery by herself without the power armor. And that was a genuinely good scene with her getting cheered on by the Marines. And they were like betting on, can she do it? Can she not do it? That felt like a great scene. If there was more build up to it. And I just, mm, there's so many missed opportunities, whatever. I'm just going to keep being, overly negative and curmudgeonly about it if we keep talking about it let's talk about moon man moon man much better show far superior show one of the better shows of the mcu right now probably top three shows not saying a whole lot with that to be honest because other than loki most of the shows were pretty 
ho-hum for the most part. Yeah. Looking at you, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Moon Knight was good. It was altogether, I would say, a good show. Uh, we'll start with the good stuff. I think best best part of the show, and I'll I'll we'll we'll share equal talking points. Oscar Isaac is a blessed actor. Holy shit, Oscar Isaac acts his ass off in this show. He is amazing as Mark Spector and Stephen Grant. He just nails it from top to bottom. He he is one of the few characters, a few actors I've ever seen who can portray characters of vastly different personalities and just instantly flip between them in one take on camera. And I believe it. I genuinely never at any point in the show was unconvinced by his acting. He got me the whole way through. He totally takes you in with his acting. He just totally grabs you with how he portrays the characters. And to the writer's credit, they write Mark Grant and uh, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector very well. They write them very well when they're just together. I think I think I speak for both of us, Sergio, when I say the scenes where it's just Stephen and just Mark together, those are the best scenes the show has to offer. And I would argue that they're some of the best scenes of any media product in the MCU right now, perhaps of the Marvel franchise. They're that good. They're so fun to watch and they're so emotionally deep. And beyond that, I I think altogether there was nothing really bad about the show. That was a a good positive for me. There was very little that ever took me out of the show, but uh, I'll be honest when it did take me out of the show, it took me out of it kind of badly. Uh, but it, it quickly got me back into it with any of the Steven and Mark scenes. Those were just wonderful scenes. Um, what what do, you, what do you have to say on that, Sergio? Uh, I, th- I, I thought Moon Knight is definitely my favorite Marvel show by a mile. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, I think I, I've, I've always thought the, the character of Moon Knight was really cool. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I love that he's in the MCU now. And I love everything they did with, you know, the representation of the dissociative identity disorder to... Um, uh, you know, showing uh Mark and Stephen and uh, Greg Chudley uh, the hidden persona that uh, he gets at the end of the the series, and actually letting Oscar Isaac be Spanish for once. I don't think he's ever been in a role where he's just his regular like Latino ethnicity. So I was, I like that they actually they actually did that. Yeah, yeah, and I know it it kind of conflicts with like the Jewish roots of Moon Knight. And that's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of iffy. Oh, well, well, Matt, they say, had him take off, take off a yarmulke. They put yes, it in there. Yes, they did. I think um, <laughs> that is one thing that we'll, we'll have to mention at some point when we get the adaptation principles in general. I think Moon Knight, as a pure adaptation, is not super duper faithful. But as someone who's not read much of any Moon Knight, I think it was a genuinely good show throughout most of it. I'm not talking like a great, amazing show. It certainly was not a nine. I wouldn't even say it was really an eight, but it was, it was fun. It was it was a solid seven. It, it was like in the range of a seven. Some scenes were like eights or nines. Some scenes were definitely nines. Some scenes were kind of eights. Uh, some scenes were definitely got like a five or a six. Some were fours. 
you know, it, it, it's a show with a range of quality. I think it generally, though, hovers around a, a pretty solid seven for the most part. It's an above average show, certainly from Marvel. Mm-hmm. And well, what, what, what did you like the most aside from Oscar Isaac's acting? Uh, I liked the presentation of the the character of Moon Knight. I, I really like the suit design. Um, the, I think the show's main issue is that they relied way too much on CGI to depict Moon Knight, which means that Moon Knight was only in the show for like 15 minutes, and that was the budget cut. Kind of disappointing, but like like whenever it, it was good to see Moon Knight, whenever he shows up, I hope I can get a series that has more than 15 minutes of costumed Moon Knight. Um, I liked all the actors in the show. Uh, I like that it was filmed on location in Egypt. Uh, the show gave me mummy vibes at a certain point. I got some like Indiana Jones kind of vibes from other uh, other parts of it. I liked the switching between the uh, the different personalities and the camera work and uh, effects that went into that. Mm-hmm. I this is embarrassing. I can't remember the uh, the the female compatriot of Moon Knight. Talk about her for a minute. I'm gonna go grab a snack because I'm quite hungry. But I feel like I I you'll you'll talk about her and then I'll remember her. I'll be right. Back. All right. So so Layla. Uh, Layla is the 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 character that I bet the or no I know that the anti wokeites are, are are complaining about. Uh, that she's a strong whammon and that she's overshadowing Moon Knight. Uh, that it's a bait and switch. Uh, they 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 uh they they reeled you in with Moon Knight, but they're here to sell you on the Scarlet Scare. That's that's all bullshit. That's not that's not. If if you say that, you didn't watch the show. Um, you know, Moon Knight is the one who saves her. Like, yeah, she she like helps him out, but anytime that like Steven uh needs to get like saved, it's usually Mark or uh or Jake um who goes in to save them. Um, she's a pretty solid character for the most part. Um, my only issue is that her sudden turn to just superhero and they have this line where a little Egyptian girl is like, wow, you're an Egyptian superhero. And like, I always just find scenes like that to be very disingenuous because it's like, well, why can't there be a dis like an Egyptian superhero or why can't there be a Muslim superhero? Like you haven't shown me in the MCU that like, people of ethnic minorities can't rise above their like impoverished areas they live in or their oppression and become super. Cause isn't that the whole purpose of superheroes, even white superheroes, you know, most of them have to rise above like their, like state, like their, their like status in life to become like greater, like, you know, pe- hmm. now I'm you back, back by the way. Yes, sorry about that. I was I was just gonna interject and say Spider Man is a character just like that, at least in the comics. In yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say I was gonna say Spider Man. Privileged. Uh, mm-hmm. Sp- Spider Man. Uh, you know, he rises up from being a like a like a poor nerd in uh, um, Brooklyn to become one of the world's greatest superheroes. Um, Scott Lang uh, in the in in the MCU, uh, former convict, um, broke out of a job, comes Ant Man. Um, Steve Rogers. Uh, Steve Rogers, little little weak boy from Brooklyn. Um. Uh, even Iron Man, like yeah, Iron Man was like rich and privileged. Um, but he kind of, you know, he he had that like come to Jesus moment where like my life has been shallow and vapid, and I need to actually do something with my life because my the lifestyle I've been living is getting people hurt. Um. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think um. So what was the girl's name? This is it's embarrassing that I can't remember her name. Layla. Layla. That's right. That's right. I should have remembered. Layla is a strange addition to the show. I would say I consider her all together to be a positive, but I wouldn't say that she was altogether always positive. I think there are some very strange moments with her. Particularly, I think you were mentioning, wow, are you an Egyptian superhero? Like that scene was literally the check going into the box. I could fucking hear the executive saying, no, Mr. Writerman, <clears throat> we need um, we need a minority superhero in this show. And no, Oscar Isaac does not count. We need another one. But it's and like, again, it's like, why? Why? Why draw any attention to that? Does that not... I feel like, like having what? that little cutaway is a great microcosm of just the idea going into her as a superhero. Because it's meant, first and foremost, to be about the person elevating as an ethnicity to a superhero... Whereas the whole point should just be she, in her circumstance at life, needed to become a hero at some cost to herself. Now, of course, there was no cost to herself, and I have a big problem with that, but we'll get to that later. But uh, to, to finish my little aside about this, I like it when characters are meant to be characters first and foremost, and not an ethnicity. Now, perhaps somebody on Twitter will cancel me and call me racist for saying that, but I don't want to judge people on the ethnicity they are. Or their sexuality. I want to judge people. Or their gender identity. Or their sexuality, or gender, or sex, or anything like that. Okay? I just want to judge a person's decisions and actions through said person's path of life plus it, 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 it and generally like 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 with how superhero stories are told superhero me like let's say uh i'm making a, a, a superhero that lived during the, the pre-civil war like he's a slave um he finds like something and it turns into a superhero like i have a scene of him like breaking out of his chains and he fucking like Buck breaks his slave master. Not actually. That's just a, a, a word I'm going to use for like kicking him like 50 miles. And like, yeah, that's like the big moment. That's like the big like fuck the oppressor moment. Like, like I am like mm -hmm. I, I I have risen above my station to becoming like a hero. Or like you have like a like a like a gay hero. He gets his superpowers. And he goes to school and that bully who was like, "What are you, some kind of fat?" And then he just like decks him and like you you get that like moment and not the moment like when he decks and they're like, "Whoa, you're gay and you're a superhero." What was preventing him from being gay and a superhero? Like what was preventing my slave superhero from being black and a super anyone? This that was Stanley's whole point is that everyone mm -hmm. can be a hero if they really want to be. They just have to put the effort in to be a hero. And this is this is a whole other topic that I'm that we could cover a whole entire Howie fan and about and about identities of people versus being what they are. But I'll just make a, a my own viewpoint of it very quickly, and I'll probably get canceled on Twitter for it at some point. But people always wonder. Why is it that when people include a minority in a show, them being a minority, 
tends to be part of their character. Like it's part of their arc that they've grown up as this minority. And the thought process for me as a writer is thus, if you choose to create a character, every single part of that character is deliberately designed as wonderful as it would be to have a fucking brain roulette that just spewed out characters with full names and backstories at pure random. That's not how the world works. When I create a character, if I make that character uh, have to go through a struggle and that character is also gay or black or some minority, my brain is going to say, well, it seems pretty logical to me. I could just make their origin of ethnicity or sexuality part of their struggle. That's not a good idea, though, all the time. And I think it also points out to a lot of people why that there's like certain kinds of I think the term is queer coded or whatever I think some queer coding is pretty much just because a writer was thinking of something along the lines of what I just described but of course I'm not going to describe it uh, my own thoughts on this very well because this is such a short part of it let's get back to Moon Knight uh any other positive things that we have to say about Moon Knight I think Layla was kind of a neutral 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 leaning positive uh just one moment i'm having a i'm 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 answering a uh fucking uh i'm asking a a a a, a hispanic related question for jacob so just just give me just one moment here oh, okay hmm. well, i was just going to now i'll just go ahead and continue on after what i was saying after i eat this dry chocolatey food in my mouth hmm. if a character is black. Let's take Falcon and the Winter Soldier for an example, because they make a whole point about Falcon being black and that being a, predom- uh, a domineering reason why the, the universe says he can't be Captain America. That's bad writing in that show to me because the show has done essentially nothing to prove to me that a, the world wouldn't be okay with a black man as Captain America. And they make a specific point that in the USA, you couldn't have a black Captain America, but we live in a world in the USA right now, many years after we have had a black president, a black president who got two terms So there is no level where I was convinced by the show that the world wouldn't be okay with a black Captain America. Not to mention we, uh, um, yo, dude, KOTOR 2 coming to fucking Nintendo Switch. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, but... Uh, but, but besides, besides that, uh, you can, in the, you know, in the real world, you can, you can go to your uh, local comic shop, the ones that still hardly exist and buy a, uh, a black Captain America comic and nobody complains, but well, you know, the anti-wokeites complain about it. They, ah, oh, that's not really Captain America. You're just race swapping a character for tokenism or what? I mean, those people complain, but no one, no, no one cares. Um, really well, that there's... a black man is Captain America. There's a conversation about the fine line going along there. But again, as a writer, when you make a character, it's totally deliberate from the beginning to the end. If I make a black Captain America, I'm probably going to talk about it. But 
you have to do a good job of talking about it and you can't just ignore the real world you can't i don't want to include real world politics into it but i mean that entire series falcon and the winter soldier is highly modernly political it's about terrorists it's about instability particularly in foreign nations as a result of american meddling i mean that's highly that's hyper modern as a concept that's only really been discussed in the last 20 to 30 years and the show kind of does an okayish job talking about that whereas their justification for racism being part of their narrative is they try to say uh, there, there's a weird scene early on in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The, this is the last thing I'll say about it, I promise. Then we'll get back to Moon Knight. You remember the weird scene where they're trying to get like a loan from the bank or something? And they're like, yeah. well, we can't really loan it to you guys. And the show kind of tries to imply that they won't do it because it's a black family. I mean, that's that's just the one. Why do they even go there? Tony Stark should have set something up for them to have some money Secondly, it's a Falcon from the Avengers who was there to help save the planet. How does he not have a good credit score? How do, how are there no donations from people? To He's got to have a nice military salary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't. I can't, remember what, I can't remember what Sam Wilson's rank in the Air Force was, but I'm pretty sure it was high. Yeah, yeah, it, it 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 just doesn't make much sense, and they can they could have talked about that and said, literally, there is no pension money, and he could have there could have been a great scene with Falcon where there's a couple of other soldiers who are like, listen, man, we don't have a pension, but we want to give you some money, and he declines it perhaps and says, no, you have families too, I have to do this for my family. And he goes out and he tries to find other ways of getting money. And he, and he does. He, I think he's doing mercenary jobs at the beginning of Falcon and the Winter Soldier to try and get money. But like... Well, no, he, he's still working with the, 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 the U.S. military. He's still an active member of the Air Force. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So he should be getting paid. Yeah, whatever. It, it, gets, um, <laughs> it gets hazier as we go back with that. Anyways, I think my, my sum, summation of it is you can include, you can include sexuality and ethnicity in a character and do it well and you can do it very poorly a lot of modern writing i think tends to do it poorly but we, that's all the discussion for another time back to moon knight hmm. other good stuff harrow was an interesting villain i'll say he was probably closer to neutral than purely positive for me especially with the finale but I, i'd say he was an interesting villain well, generally interesting he needed a little bit more like time in the oven. Like you know, he his backstory oh, is that sorry, he was the former the moon. He 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 uh he was the former Moon Knight, but he came disillusioned with the way of Khonshu. He didn't believe that they were really doing any good, and he thought Amit's path was a little bit more uh, um, succinct um, in terms of dealing justice and getting rid of terrible people in the world. But we don't really like know what the inciting incident for that was. He just says that he didn't uh didn't want to you know didn't want to deal with Kanshu and his manipulations anymore. We don't really get to see that. We're just kind of just told that they had an issue. Mm-hmm. Altogether, this is what I like the most about the show. It was fun. 
show was pretty much never boring. It was always fun or a little infuriating. But so long as the show is never truly boring, I'm fine with it. I can enjoy hating a show. I can't enjoy a boring show. And to my recollection, Moon Knight was never boring. That's a very good positive. Yeah, no, it kept me uh it kept me interested through the whole thing. Well, is it on to the negatives? Uh yeah, I guess we can talk about the the negatives, things we didn't like about what Moon Knight. What the fuck was that finale? Why does the every finale Marvel was so rushed? Have, why does every fucking Marvel show have to have a rushed finale? Also, I mean, like really I mentioned, with the with, with the budget cuts and the, the the Mark blacking out and then fight scenes being over, you don't do that on the final battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you don't. You save your money to have a complete final battle. How you want to write it? Because when Mark blacked out in the middle of the last fight, oh my god, it was so disappointing. Nothing of interest happened. And they um they had that very strange finale uh after credit scene with um Jake. Right? Was it was it Jake? Yeah, Jake. Our our, our very that? own Jake was represented on screen as one of uh, Moon Knight's personalities played by the amazing Oscar Isaac. They made him Spanish, which was a really really strange adaptation for uh Jake, but you know, I thought they portrayed Jake pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. But uh, jo- all joking aside, uh, I don't like that they saved Jake for a Soy Jack Point Marvel end credit scene uh, moment. Um, that that felt really like um, uh, disappointing. Um, I kind of wish that we had gotten an episode and like got to learn about Jake and like his old th- like that was not something I think that uh, should have been saved for an end credit scene. Um, you know, Marvel used to use his end credit scenes to tease new characters and like where the the storyline is going, um, which I think because I know they had some ideas like Jake Lockley would pick up like somebody in a cab and it would have been uh, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner or there I know there were a few other versions where like he met like Black Knight from the Eternals or it would be Blade which probably would have been a bit more interesting and a nice like season two hook with Moon Knight needing to team up with someone else supernatural to deal with something rather than just this is Jake Lockley yeah, it was very weak as a finale as a whole I, I just, I, I, why, why, why can we it, not? It, it's one of those, uh, episodes. It, it's, it's one of those, what do you call it? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what the trope name for them, but it's, it's when a, there's a character name reveal, but it only matters to the audience and not that the fucking, like, like it, for the story, like, like when in WandaVision, Agatha's like, I am Agatha Harkness. And you're like, <gasps> I, I I know who that is, but 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 like Scarlet Witch is like who, who like like if she said like my name is Leslie Strom or something like that, it would the scene would just play out the same. It's the same thing with the Jake Lockley review. Like if you were just like, this is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, why six episodes? Why does it have to be six episodes? There's so much Disney. 
dollar buck money there. All right, and we are back. Uh, what were we talking about? I genuinely have no idea. I think we we're getting. Uh, so we just got done talking about Layla. I think we were just talking about things that we didn't like. I think. Yeah, I think, I think else um, wanted to mention. Oh, the pyramid uh, scene with the gods. The other gods are fucking worthless in the show. And their avatars are also just worthless, too. It's like a huge plot hole that they are so worthless in the final conflict. I mean, they don't do a damn thing, really. We got some major gods on display here. We got, like, Osiris. Um, Horus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Anubis. like the, 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 the big, I mean, the big, the big boys, boys, and they don't do anything. Yeah. Um... It's just, it's just, uh, why? Why, why, why didn't they do anything? Very strange. Uh, I think we've already mentioned some of the other negatives. Layla's whole thing where she becomes a hero is very contrived, very lackluster on self-sacrifice from herself. She gives up nothing to become a hero. In fact, she only seems to benefit from it. And that's just weird. This is very strange. I would have much preferred it if she had opted to sacrifice herself with Khonshu in order to become Moon Knight for some time, and then she realizes the hell that Mark and Steven have to live through living with Khonshu, and then she gains perspective, and she also uh, shows how serious she is about things. I don't know. I feel like that would have worked a lot better. Uh, what do you think about the show in the negative sense? Um... <clears throat> And then we covered all the, the the negatives that I would have about the show. Not not a lot of Moon Knight suited up. Some of kind of fucky things with the god, and some characters that were all over bit or undercooked. And I think that that again lends itself to the the, the runtime. Um, I also just saw a tweet on Twitter about somebody talking about how these shows feel like uh, movies that have been chopped up, and they don't really feel like serialized television. Um, which I think that affects some Marvel shows more than others. I think WandaVision was definitely a great example of episodic TV. Well, something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier definitely kind of felt like a like a phase two Marvel movie that just got chopped up. Yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has phase two just written all over it from the weird yeah. writing to the plot direction. As, as, as much as I've been disagreeing with with Mahler as of late, I did I did think his he 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 theorized that a lot of like the we'll call them the the pre Moon Knight shows like the like the early like the first like production line of them were probably just like movie scripts that never got turned into movies and then they just like picked them up and were like hey let's turn these into TV shows. Yeah, that that's a pretty good way of summarizing it. Honestly, it just feels like the leftover movies that they didn't uh they didn't bring back and uh now they did and they did oh boy did they thankfully moon knight is one of the better ones that uh feels like that actually no marvel the uh, moon knight doesn't really feel like that most of the time some of some of moon knight definitely does though um do we want to get on to talking about uh adaptation principles in general uh yes let, let, let's this will oh, be a hold quick on. summation of why we felt different oh yeah hold on hold on i, I want to make i want to make two i want to make two points uh one about something that, that happened a while ago um that i don't think i've ever addressed on the show uh and then two about adaptations i'll start with the adaptation one because we got into this with 
Michael about Arcane, the last time we watched. An adaptation, as we desc- as we describe it, and has just as we describe it, and how uh, it is described in like the definition, like if you ask someone what an adaptation is, you take one media that was of a certain medium, and you take that and you put it into a different medium. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter how accurate it is on the original source material, loosely based, super, ba- <laughs> super based, one to one translations. They're all adaptations. I agree. I agree. Principally, I think there's probably a little bit of special examples that might not super duper represent that. But on the broad strokes, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, there are in-name only adaptations where, like, it takes the name and it's, bare, but, like, it's got the general, like, premise um, with it, but it's it's an adaptation nonetheless. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, was, because uh, we were talking about, um, uh, how about, how about everything that you, you add to your character should play into their character somewhat. Um, I wanted to go back to that episode that we did with the Gorge about um, Kaine. Because I I don't think they let me, and I don't think I was able to perfectly articulate my uh, my point on the whole intersex thing. My 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 issue with the fact that she was made into an intersex character is in the fact that it adds nothing to her character, and it plays nothing into anything that she like 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 about her because her main like thing is that she's like half shade and if you want to go oh well it's a double in no like it's a double entendre like she's talk like like when she talked about like, oh i hate my body she's talking about both things how am i supposed to know that it doesn't matter you you like like that's like it's anything so- like like that you add to a character should be shown this character is gay oh well let me show them being attracted to a man and they do that with um What's his face? Emil. Because Emil tells Nier before he dies that he loves him. But you don't yeah. get any of that with Kaine, and that was my main issue with that. Well, I think it, the other thing is, it's not even, like, there are hints that are pretty clearly that um, uh, Emil might have something up with his sexuality earlier on in the game. With Kaine, there's nothing. There's literally nothing with Kaine. People can read between the lines that there may be something about her that was always a bit weird, but there's really not much of anything. There's really nothing to look into there. And I don't know. I feel like if the show was not the show, if the game had been from her perspective, I think it would have been um, much better to mention it at least a little bit more just to just to talk about how that she feels about those things. Because say a character uh, suffers from a disease or a character has a very specific thing that uh, he or she wants to do. And this is not the norm for the world. And that character feels uh, sort of put out that other people can't sympathize with that condition. Uh apprehension or like of a certain thing when a character has something truly unique you must explore it in at least enough depth that the audience is aware of what it is in the game if there's never an interview about kaine being intersex then 
it, it, nobody would have ever known she was intersex. That's how vague it is. It's that unclear. And um, I feel like if they'd had the balls, it would have been a great addition to talk a little bit more about it, to say she's never felt comfortable with anyone on any level for multiple reasons. And that's why she really has trouble like being with people. That's why she has so many antisocial behaviors, not just because of the shade thing, but because of other things too. And I think that would, um, that would help inform the audience of her character a bit more. And also just, just be an interesting thing to explore in general. Um, I know that there's probably some controversy around saying that specifically, but I think, as much as people want to have shows help normalize like different sexualities and things like that from a perspective of a person who is generally kind of bland. I mean, I, I would find that much more fascinating to explore how someone lives a different life than other people. And I, I, I know just saying that, well, gay people don't live a different life from everybody else necessarily. I understand that. But at the same time, there was a whole period where people didn't accept people for being gay. There's a whole different nightlife for gay people that has cropped up as a result of it needing to be underground compared to other things. And that's just a microcosm of examples. I think Kaine being intersex has much, 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 much more potential weight behind it. But anyways, that's like... That's like eight steps removed from talking about Funny Moon Man and Jimmy Hoops, Jimmy Hoopington and adaptations yes. in general. <clears throat> Speaking of adaptations, what should an adaptation do most of all on any level? If you're going to do anything with adaptation, what do you do? Respect, respect the source material. At all costs, and you need to respect the fans of the original. No calling them goo-goo babies or racists and ists and phobes and all that nonsense. <clears throat> We're not even mad that you changed things. We're mad that you changed things in a way that uh, interfered with the spirit of the original. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. And by respect the source material, I don't mean you have to respect, like, Here's here's something I'm sure that will get me back on the back on the, the graces of the Twitters. When you're dealing with like an old racist property from like the 30s, people didn't like things in the 30s because they were racist. People like things in the 30s for similar reasons that we like things today. Now, there were a lot more racist people back in the 30s, but if you're dealing with something from back then and there are flaws with it, particularly difficulties of the source material translating into the modern world you still have to respect it otherwise why are you adapting it why are you making your own version of it in the first place if you just want to change everything respecting the source material i think is strictly necessary for actually creating something that is an adaptation now moon knight i've mentioned before did not fully respect the original there's a lot of stuff from the comics that doesn't get added in and moon knight is not jewish in any predominant way, despite the fact that he is quite Jewish in the comics. But Moon Knight being Jewish isn't the end-all be-all of being Moon Knight. Khonshu 
and dealing with Khonshu and the moral quandaries of dealing with Khonshu and the gods and being Moon Knight. These are the things that involve Moon Knight. And of course, the split personality disorder. That is really the core part of being Moon Knight. And the show does a wonderful job of respecting a lot of those facets of the character. It incorporates them and does them quite well. I think even people who dislike Moon Knight must admit that Halo does a far worse job of adapting anything from Halo. Halo, on every level, disrespects, disregards, ignores, and completely degrades the original, aside from the Spartans and action scenes. That's about the best we're ever going to get. And why do you have to respect it? Because that's the spirit. That's the core. Change anything. But you have to keep that original spirit. If you don't keep the original spirit, I think Sergio and I can both agree. Original fans, when you've taken away the original spirit of the, the, the medium, they're not going to know what the fuck to do with your adaptation. They will hate it. At best, they'll be wildly confused. At worst, they'll think you're one of the worst writers to ever live. And of course, if you completely change the spirit and tone and core idea of the original property, your new audience isn't necessarily going to like you or respect you for doing that. Some people might have hated it originally and root, root you on for destroying the original as it was adapted, but there's a very good chance that if you try and adapt it then, if you want to get rid of all the original spirit, you're going to just confuse the new audience too. And they're not going to know what the fuck to do with your new, new adaptation. That's what happened with, uh, with, with Ghostbusters 2016. And no, it's not because there were female Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters 2016. It's that none of the humor, none of the tone, none of the canon elements from the original movies, none of those things had been maintained for the remake. If, there, if the female Ghostbusters were literally one-to-one copycats of their male counterparts, it would have probably done way better. Because then you're at least you're at least dealing with the original, which was so good before, back in the day. And then you got to get to the point, though, where you do have to change a few things. So how do you keep that the same? Well, Moon Knight... I think I think it's pretty obvious comic books and TV shows are more in line than comic books and movies. But comic books are singularly strange because comic books have developed this whole subculture of how the characters behave and act over the course of an issue. You have an artist for the issue and an artist stays consistent, but it might change from one run to the next. And all these different runs might all be canon to each other. Comic books are fucking weird at this point and some things inevitably from the comics going into a movie or a tv show have to change especially a shorter tv show like moon knight did they have to change the things that they necessarily did for moon knight or halo i don't think they did but it all depends on uh, on who the writer is too because eventually it just kind of comes down to you could include some things but you can't include everything else uh they could include um Moon Knight being more Jewish, but eventually you do get to the point where the more Jewish stuff you include for Moon Knight, you're actually sacrificing some runtime. But also they um they don't want to include it because then they might not be able to air their show in China. 
any uh, thoughts uh, on your end, Sergio? I rambled and ranted on. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I use this example a lot that just because you're a bad adaptation doesn't mean you can't be a good show. I, I use uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Cowboy Bebop as an example. Take Guardians of the Galaxy, remove the name Guardians of the Galaxy, and put Cowboy Bebop on it. You go and see the movie and go, wow, that was a terrible Cowboy Bebop adaptation, but it was a pretty good movie. Uh, that guy, uh, we'll say Star-Lord, uh, is named Spike Spiegel in this ad- adaptation. I was like, yeah, uh, Chris Pratt, it's a great, like, Spike was great, but that wasn't wasn't Spike. Um, Halo is not a bad TV show because it's a bad adaptation. It's a bad TV show because it's a bad TV show. Um, funnily enough, yeah. enough uh, that I found out before, uh, after I've made this uh, analogy to people, uh, Spike Spiegel in the Japanese dub uh, voices Star-Lord in the Japanese dub of Guardians, which is cool. Because it's yes. like, you know, they they, they are they are they, they they are similar in a way. Um, you know, you got you got a got an outlaw riding yeah. through the galaxy on a spaceship. There's something there. There's something there. And um, of course, if you if you're removing some things for your adaptation, I think it's worth noting people would have just loved to see the Halo levels become episodes. I think everybody was that's that's everybody's dream is to see those cutscenes be adapted and changed up so that they fit in a tv show format along with where the levels go and i think people would have loved that but when you get really close to things that people would love to see as episodes of course the fans got really 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 pissed at halo for not doing fucking any of that whereas you I, get i'll also I'll also point out mm-hmm. uh vis- uh book th- there's difference between uh principally between adapting a a non-visual medium such as a book uh, to to a visual medium. Yes. Uh, there is a visual medium to a visual medium. Your 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 adaptation has to add more um to it than just being a one to one recreation. I don't need to see Halo cutscenes done in live action because I can watch them. I can I can like like from anime to screen. I've seen like I've like I've seen it. It's not like a book where like you want to see these things you imagined in your head, like how they would look in real life. I've seen like like I've seen it. So you need to give me something more. You have to expand on the original work to get me to go. Okay, well, why did you need to adapt the story in the first place? I don't need to see Master Chief fighting the Covenant. I can boot up my Xbox and just look at it. And that's yeah, where you go. Oh well, we're. Gonna- Band on characters like Sergeant Johnson because he didn't really get to see much of him in the games or Miranda Keys. I'm like, oh, that'll be interesting. Um, I like I, I, I like those ideas. Let me see them and do that. Yeah, I think it's um, I think though for a video game, the equivalent to a book is that when you have a book, people only have the story because they only have the story. They want the story they want the story as it was in the book as close as possible with all the fantastical visuals they envisioned in their minds when you adapt the video game to a movie right now it's the fucking wild west with that video games to movies are a crazy genre that has almost no success sonic is the only recent success that really comes to mind and that doesn't follow much of any of the plot of the of the games although although it's definitely taking a lot of cues from sonic adventure one that's where it's taking the most cues from and it's pretty easy to point at that and say that's what they're adapting 
they're adapting Sonic Adventure 1, kind of. But I agree with Sergio's point. I agree with your point quite a bit. In a general sense, you have to change some things. But I think worth noting is that you don't watch a video game level. You play it. And when you're going to a video game level, you don't need constant narrative development. You don't need constant character development. You don't need constant plot progression because you're just playing the game. And a TV show that was like 90% Covenant fight and like 10% story, the way that the games work, where it's almost entirely just fighting the Covenant and a little bit of story, that would never work. That would never, ever, 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 ever work in a million years. And of course, they have to change a lot in order to adapt the video game like that into uh, a story medium. And this is just a general thing. Adaptations don't have to be one-to-one. And in fact, I think there's no such thing as a one-to-one adaptation that is at least compelling to watch. Like Sergio said, if you just took the fucking cutscenes out of the game and put it in a movie, why am I going to go watch the movie? I'm just going to go boot up the video game and play it and then watch the cutscenes or just look up a YouTube video with the cutscenes. But the dream here in adapting these things is to have somebody say, well... I've uh, I've never seen the I've never played the 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 Halo games, but I did play I, I did watch the Halo TV show, and it was a good show. And have the people who played the Halo games and watched the show say, you know what, that's fine. If you don't want to play video games, that's fine. You can watch the show, and you'll still get the spirit of Halo. Right now, I don't I don't think there's a better way to explain that that is not remotely the case with halo other than to just scream for 30 minutes because halo does not represent hardly a damn thing from the games right now which is a crying shame the moon knight stuff though i think is much closer i think many moon knight fans or at least a substantial amount of moon knight fans would hear somebody say well i've only seen the show for moon knight and they could say yeah you know you kind of get it You, you get the gist he's crazy he's weird he's weird stories he goes on adventures with the Egyptian gods and Khonshu. That's the that's the basic gist. That's all the stuff there. <sighs> do we want to go into better detail of Moon Knight and Halo? Do you have anything else specific you want to cover there, Sergio? What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's time to move on to actors. Now, uh, comparing Paulo Schreibler to Oscar Isaac is uh, a bit of a disservice um, because Oscar Isaac makes a lot of people look like bad actors in comparison, because he's uh, a god at acting. Um, Pablo Schreiber is not a terrible actor in any sense, but when you give an actor a direction where you're like, yeah, just be like really like gruff and just like confused looking, and you give him some bad lines to say, the performance comes off as middling. And I've seen Pablo Schreiber in other stuff, and um, he's, he's he's not a bad actor. I'd say he's pretty. I'd say he's I'd say he's he's good. Um. But he doesn't play a great Master Chief. If he was just like, like Frederick, uh, from the, the from Blue Team, I I would have been fine with that. It's just he's not great as Master Chief. He doesn't carry the same like calm, like he's not uh, a badass, collected. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's pretty much it. Master Chief is a hard character to play, I think, and Pablo. You know, he did. He tried his best. I think he doesn't really fit the bill, though. I think he was maybe miscast as him. 
course, I think they casted him because they had to show his face. They had to show somebody's face for John. And he also needed to be tall. Yes, and he also needed to be tall. But, um, yeah. Pablo did fine. I have no idea what scripts he was given. I have no idea what direction he was given. All we can say for certain is that he did okay. He did okay with what he was given, I think. Don't 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 attack don't attack actors don't yes. they yep. they are at the, the 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 actor is only as good as the director and well they're they're only as good as their own ability the director and the writing yes the writing was terrible the direction was probably terrible and I have I think he I think Pablo's a good actor and other stuff I've I remember there's the 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 scene that gets memed to death and is used in all kinds of clips is where he's like strapped to the chair and he's screaming no 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 I think he does a good job conveying the just fucking panic. That is not that Pablo Schreiber. That's not. I'm. Re- I'm so. No. No. Dumb. He. He reminds me of Pablo. No. Schreiber that is. Uh, that is John Bernthal as the Punisher. Okay, that's that's just completely wrong. Then I, the head shape, the like bean head shape, kept reminding me of Pablo Schreiber. I've never seen Pablo Schreiber in anything else. Then I am. Uh, I'm completely in the dark on him. Well. Yeah, he's uh he hasn't been in a lot of things, but the things that he's been in, I've heard good things about. I'm really feeling like Plinkett now. I've never seen any other uh, any other movie or Fun- TV show than the one we're talking about. F- funnily enough, he he played a cop in the Netflix show Orange Is the New Black, and his nick nick the character's nickname in the show was Porn Stash because he was like not only was he a dick, but he had like that like porn like mustache from like the seventies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like, when they first like cast him, I was like, "Porn stash is playing fucking Master Chief," because <laughs> like, I never really was. He was because t- like the the first thing they did like when they cast him was put him like up in against like the like the criminal like uh like like the thing that shows your height, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's a big guy. All right, I see it." Yeah, that's fair. Oscar Isaac, though, the counterpart. Holy shit. What an actor. Holy shit. I don't know how this guy learned to do it. I don't know where he learned to do it. He was like one of the best actors in Star Wars. He was he's been the best actor in the MCU recently. He's just a good actor, man. He's just really really fucking good. Really good. Yeah, I, I highly recommend him. um uh, Dune, because uh, he plays the main character's dad in that. Uh, Ex Machina is another g- mo- good movie that he's in. Um, I don't recommend watching X Men Apocalypse. He is not great in X Men Apocalypse, so that's that's the movie's fault. That's not his uh, fault. <clears throat> <sighs> Do we talk about? Plot I forgot and he was in the, the Zack Snyder movie Sucker Punch. I did not r- realize that was him. I think that's probably the is first he? time I've seen him. Is he? That's weird. Yeah, he's in Sucker Punch. Well, all right. Well, supporting cast or plot and pacing again? Uh, <clears throat> uh well, just a just a general thing about plot and pacing. Uh, six episodes is too little. Uh, Halo has a more reasonable nine episodes and they're all of the same they're they're at a minimum they're 45 episodes and they can go a little above that's the generally like for a prestige television that's about how many minutes you want to have in an episode and 
it was going to be 10, but it got cut down to nine. But nine to 10 is, I think, the peak of what season should be. But, uh, yeah. Disney Plus seasons are too short. Six episodes of varying length are not great. Yeah, six episodes of like, if it's like four and a half to five hours, that's just really not enough for episodes because each episode needs a good like 10 minutes at the beginning and the ending to help set them up as individual episodes. So you're losing about 15 minutes every episode just in trying to get one episode to be separated from the next one. Because you have to have a climax at each episode. You have to have an intro to each episode. You have to have a build in to each episode. You can't just structure it like a five hour movie. So in actuality, your five hours or four and a half hours of, of episode content that turns that cuts down very quickly to about three, three and a half hours. And if you're trying to include like twice as many characters as you would in a movie or a bigger plot line than you would in a movie. I mean that you run out of that time fast it is gone by the time that you realize that you don't have enough of it left and yeah the moon knight is a show that definitely definitely needed yeah two more episodes yeah moon knight is a like an eight episode show like a crammed into six six episodes halo is a five episode show that got stretched halo is slow it's plotting it's lumbering um it, it's like a it's like a Spartan in his armor before he takes off running. It's just very just like clunk, clunk, clunk. Um, uh, it's it's wildly inconsistent uh, between uh, tones, and it's very it's very confused. Like Master Chief is in the show, it doesn't know what it quite wants to be. It um, throws. Uh, uh, what I what I would call uh, plot points that always work and then just doesn't doing anything with them. Like they they tried to pull the grizzled badass and their young companion need to go do an objective and then throw that out the window. They take the super soldier realizes that everything he knew was a lie and that gets completely destroy and scientist plot line there's a plot line about halo 4 there's a reason why halo 4 went into the the spartans uh decided to 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 delve into like the the morality and the the question of the spartans because it was halo 4 it wasn't halo 1 yeah they've run out get to that point material like the whole covenant war is several series worth of tv content all on its own you don't have to include a single fucking thing beyond that and you'll be set so i don't know why they kept making these decisions there's also mommy issues with a family dynamic that's fucked up there's this whole thing with silver teams characters and like should they take out the emotional suppressant pills that they have or not one character gets a lot of development in Silver Team named Kai, and that takes away from the runtime of the show. I mean, dude, it is just all over the damn place. Just pick a fucking plot line. And that's not to mention anything with Quan Ha and the whole insurrection. And Jesus Christ, that was a waste of time. Just they also have way too many characters in, in Halo. Yes, not way too I, many. I would I would say that. It's not the, it's not the issue that they have way too many because there there are ways to do it's the fact that they, that they cut 
to all of them and they all have something going on and it really just muddies up the episode and the problem is it doesn't it's not done in a way you're like oh that person is living a life that's separated from the main plot of the show it's now we need to catch you up on everything that's been going on in this person's life and by catch you up i mean we're going to develop it and do it all right here in front of your eyes and we're not going to summarize a single damn thing so like um just convoluted like i'll give an example with how miranda keys is portrayed on the show which she's nothing like her game counterpart but she's like a meek like quirky little science girl i wreck i i i I would akin her to her her character idea is like you ever watch like lucifer or any like police procedural show and they have like the one forensic person that they come to that's basically what her character should be like master chief like goes down to the science room and she's like oh oh, master master chief what do you need it's like all right i i i uh, i overheard some covenant communications i need you to translate these for me uh she has scenes to herself that just don't really go anywhere and are detracting away from the general like pace of the pl- the plot is not following with her it's diverging and you know following her like these like like the, all of the shows i mentioned usually don't take time out of the episode to follow what that forensic scientist person is doing because it doesn't have anything to do with the main plot at hand yeah no it's it's there's a hundred it's like a you could make an entire class around how not to write a a fucking show and use halo as an example of it you know something also i just realized that they uh um that they that they glossed over and didn't end up using in the show is that in episodes Six or seven. There's a scene where Kai goes into the other Spartans in the army. She's like, what's going on here? It's like, oh, now that Miranda's taken over the project, uh, she wants us to go through these new weapon systems design. And they're, they're looking at a Spartan laser and they're, they're talking about it and they don't, it doesn't come up. They don't, they don't ever use it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an element of trying to be restrained with how they introduce things. And you know what? Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's great to just wait to introduce the things that people want, but I don't think they did it in a very good order. They introduced the elites first from the Covenant in episode one of this show. I don't think that's a good idea. The mission they did didn't make sense to be using the elites. The way they were done didn't even feel like elites very well. I think it would have made much more sense to introduce grunts, grunts and jackals, then grunts, jackals, and elites, or maybe just elites on their own for a covert ops mission. Like, this is my point when it comes to just doing the Covenant shit. If each episode was just introduce one or two new types of Covenant to the audience, that would have been the whole show. Right there. That's a whole show. Right there. You don't yeah, need to like, do anything else. Like, uh, you like like you have, like, the beginning battle, but just grunts and jackals. Like, the Spartans land, and Vanek has a line where he's like, these insurrectionists are losing the grunts. No matter, they need, no, no wonder they need the no UNSC to save them. Master Chief is like... Is like stow it, Vanek. We have a mission, and you just see how easily they get taken out. And then you can have like Kai or Riz say something like, "Well, those weren't elites." And then that would add to the mystery of, "Oh, what's an elite?" And then we can show that in like the next episode or episode three. Yeah, and that's that's just one way to write it. You don't even necessarily have to do that, but 
I don't know. I could go on for hours and hours about how they could have just been introducing Covenant the whole time, and they didn't. It would have been interesting to see pre-Covenant War like video game stuff, pre pre that timeline Covenant vehicles, like new Covenant vehicles, new UNSC vehicles, things like that. But nah, 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 can't do that. Oh yeah, they they they, they put Master Chief all the way in like the the Mjolnir armor armor Mark Six Gen Two instead of like putting him in. F- five and having him evolve over the series Mm -hmm. yeah beyond the all right uh yeah go ahead well i was gonna say i think we we've covered everything with the pacing and the cast uh there's nothing much to say uh halsey is portrayed as a mustache twirling villain uh they combined sergeant johnson and captain keys into one character and the captain key that we got is just not does just doesn't like like he he doesn't resemble either character he's just like eh uh kwan ha is the worst character i've seen in recent memory she's horrible she's boring she has nothing to do with the main plot um no one cares uh the the other three spartans are fine uh they're more in line with what spartans should be they don't honestly get a lot of screen time other than kai um McKee, the Covenant girl they introduced, is not interesting in the slightest. It's very she was a her whole boggling addition. Her whole like theming and like uh, it, it all just came par as like very ham fisted with everything they tried to do with her, and then they just killed her off at the end of the episode, at the end of the series, which is mm-hmm. fine. She wasn't a great character, and she was also really lore breaking. Yeah, quite quite heavily lore breaking. Um, you know, you know what else breaks lore? You know what else breaks lore, Sergio? What? Why weren't the grunts funny little men? Yeah, no, they 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 reference grunts being funny little men, and they they don't say anything. I mean, they do funny things with the grunts. They don't talk at all. And that's this is a time for a trope callout post that we didn't cover in the adaptation episode. Is uh, th- this happens a lot with adaptations where you, you, the writers feel that the that they don't need to explain things because the person who has already seen um, the the media doesn't need it explained to them. So none of the Covenant species names ever get mentioned except for Sanghili and Ungoy. But when they say the word Ungoy, they don't put it. Uh, to the grunts specifically. They also mention grunts before you actually see one. Um, and they only mention the Great Journey in, like, passing, in, like, the eighth episode, where McKee tells Chief about the uh, um, the, 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 the Great Journey. Um, they also write the first episode as if you already know who Master Chief is, so they don't have to, like, they don't have to explain who Master Chief is. You already know. So we can start talking about the... So we can start putting him through some some character stuff that you've never seen before. Except yeah. if you're a Halo fan, you've already seen it before. Yeah. That that it's so confusing how they wrote it. Did they want us to already be familiar with Master Chief and the Covenant, or did they not want us to be familiar with Master Chief and the Covenant? I don't get it. I don't get it. And of course, the grunt not being funny, little men. 
that's the strangest thing. The grunts are like the most popular thing from Halo. They're the most easily recognizable little bastards. And they say so much stupid shit in the games that is so hilarious to listen to. And they don't do any of that in the show. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And of course, I, I think you Next have... Next we can yeah, talk yeah. about the, uh, the, the antagonists yeah. of the Halo show. They are really bad. Um, we already talked about Harrow is fine uh the covenant are really bad as antagonists because they hardly ever show up um the series kind of forgets that they're at war most of the time until they're like yeah. oh my god scrimblo bimblo got glassed yeah. and we're all really sad it's like yeah. i never saw planet bimblo what are you talking about um i will say though uh the way the weapons are portrayed is spot-on accurate uh, it is absolutely horrifying when people start getting hit with needlers and plasma weapons as they should be um and it almost makes me want I, like i love how violent the show is and i really wish um the games were like that too like i wish like if you like shot a grunt with a sniper rifle he fucking like pops like a balloon um but i understand they, they do that for like age rating and keeping things within like a certain way but i just generally prefer that yeah mm-hmm uh the like like you know obviously like in like the avatar last airbender cartoon it's it's a cartoon so like somebody gets hit with a fireball like they don't just like you don't see like their skin melting off and fucking getting turned to ash but like like it looked like like in live action if they did it where like zuko fucking hit someone with a fireball like all their like skin melted off and they like turned turned into just black husks that would be awesome which is basically what the what the halo tv show is able to do and somehow get a tv 14 rating I don't yeah, they, know how they got a TV 14 rating. Well, I, th- I think what they did was they, they were very sparing with gore and they didn't like show limbs flying everywhere in bloody fashion. There's a little grunt. There's a grunt that just fucking explodes in episode nine when Master Chief falls on it. And it's only like a couple frames that they show you the grunt getting exploded. And then it's, it I mean, there's a the shot of the. Of the of the the jackal crawling out of the um, uh, what do you call it the uh, uh like the like the wreckage of the phantom and like his his entrails are are, are hanging out because he got bisected and then he dies. That's on oh, the screen for at least that. like five or ten seconds. I I completely forgot. Or about the, that. the 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 children getting that. blown up by the plasma oh, weapons. Yeah. That, Nick laughed so fucking hard when he saw that scene. He saw a kid just get exploded and he laughed for like a minute because he had he was not expecting it at all. Um The Covenant are at least scary when they show up sometimes, but I don't know. The final episode kind of screwed that up too because the Covenant were just so wildly incompetent and just fucking standing there. Also, did Huh? Did you notice that the gravity weapons d- didn't control gravity? They were just regular weapons. I know that was so fucking dumb. I I hated that. Um, in contrast, the main antagonist of Moon Knight is is fine. There's nothing like great about her or Harrow, but like, it it's fine. It, it's they just do what fun. they need to be. Yeah, they're they're not like compelling in a great way. But Jesus, oh, the failure of the covenant was fucking annoying. Um, conclusions, thoughts. What are you thinking? Uh, conclusions. 
I give me Moon Knight season two. Give it, give it to me. Yes. None of this. Oh, it's a limited series. Oh, that's no, no, no. I, I, I vehemently refuse. I am going to show up to Marvel headquarters, FBI. Uh, this is a joke. Uh, with a gun, and I'm going to force Kevin Feige to give me Moon Knight season two, and also to reemploy Paul Bettany. Where is White Vision? It's been three years, and I don't know where he is. Yeah, it's strange. Don't know why they won't they won't do that. Maybe not ever. Uh, <clears throat> again, uh, Moon Knight not perfect, uh, but it it was good, and I and I really want to see how they can improve. And uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, get better from here. I want I want to see. Um, what do you call it? Uh, I guess I call it the the Thor Ragnarok effect, where I'm like these first two movies, eh. This, this is what I want to see. Hmm. What was that? I was talking about like the like like in some Mar- Marvel trilogies, you got like the iffy installments, and then they put out the banger where you're like, yeah, that this is the 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 insert character here movie that I wanted to see. Yeah, Spider Man No Way Home was uh was pretty much that for me. The, yeah, um, I, I used Ragnarok as an example because I just wasn't really feeling those first two Thor movies, but I really enjoyed Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. At the very least, Moon Knight is enjoyable. It's fucking eons beyond the Halo TV show. The Halo TV show is one of... It will go down as one of the worst adaptations ever. Not the worst ever. There's worse adaptations than Halo, I'm sure. Yeah, no, Halo... Halo isn't not the worst, worst thing though. in the world. There's not much um, worse than it, though. I mean, it's it's boring. It's bad. I would say that there are probably much worse, though, because I don't think you're considering, like, the Ua Bowl, like, uh, fucking Blood Rain and Far Cry. Like, like the, the, like, the horribly yeah, constructed B-movies. That's very true. But again, there's, there's not many of those because they were so bad. Halo There's TV Mortal show. Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, that's true. Dragon Ball Evolution. But but at least like stuff like that was fun. Yeah. That, Me and that my brother still, still 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 quote Annihilation because it's just so goofy. Yeah, I just man, Halo is such a the TV show of Halo is such a wasted bit of potential. There were so many different directions they could have gone. Um the uh uh, the uh, the the uh, the gentrified um, suburb masterpieces that are the uh, Resident Evil movies. That's true too. <laughs> I think my my last thoughts that I'll say about Halo because I'm getting tired of remembering this annoying show. Quan Ha may be one of the worst characters ever. That's a bit of a hot take, but she is a bad character. I mean, she is so bad. I think you could just spend the time completely removing her from the show, and it would improve at least thirty. Oh, you, 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 you would have liked the part in her in her episode where she's having a vision quest and she has to fight Master Chief, and he's just like picking her up and just like punching her. It's really funny. Oh my god, that sounds hilarious! 
Is he wearing the because helmet? Because she like she like she like a, she, she she yeah he is wearing the helmet. Oh, he like she God. like attempts to like fight him with a chain and he just like kicks he like, like kicks her and sends her flying and then she like it restarts because she died because I I assume like he just fucking liquefied all of her organs. <laughs> or there's a part he just grabs her by the shoulder, just delivers a punch, and it cuts to black, and then she's re- like like restarted. That does sound like a cathartic moment. I will not lie. But of course, after the the fake Master Chief uh, that she sees has his helmet on, they make sure that he takes it off. Of course. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't they? Uh, Fucking Halo TV show. God damn it. Well, we are going to wrap it up here so we never have to think about the Halo TV series again until its inevitable second season comes out. I would hope that they uh, learn their lesson and fire the entire writing team and, fu- and hire people who... Did you know that the, the creators of Halo have never written a sci-fi uh, wow. Uh, property? Wow, that's so crazy. Wow. Oh, They've wow. never written a sci-fi property whatsoever. I don't love you, audience. Yep, uh, Stephen Kane, the screenwriter, uh, which is part of the duo that created Halo, uh, had previously just written crime dramas as well as episodes of American Dad and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Of course. Of course. That whole TV show was no a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Uh, one of the this guy actually does have the U- United States Navy's top civilian honor for writing the show The Last Ship, which I know my mom watched and was pretty good. But it's not a sci-fi franchise, which these guys clearly are not good at writing sci-fi. I I must say I don't think they are very good at writing sci-fi. Yeah, no, because I'm looking like like you look at these guys like uh these these guys filmographies like the guy were and and you see that they they had like good like successful projects. It's understandable that they might get hired to work on something like this, but they just don't have a sci-fi background. I don't think they understand science fiction. Uh huh. Yeah. Because, like, this comes off as sci-fi original. This is a Showtime series. Like, this is, like, prime premium cable, like, a production. But it feels like it's a sci-fi show and not a good one at that. No. No. There's nothing wrong with feeling like a sci-fi show. Sci-fi has put out good shows in the past. They've also put out a lot of bad shows. And, well, this is just kind of feels like them. Yeah. Feels like one. It, it just has those same vibes. It has the weird sci-fi stuff. Not like sci-fi the it show. It feels cheap but expensive at the same time. Yeah, overproduced and underdeveloped. That's a good way of putting it, I think. It's too much money for too little payoff. I hope they lose money on this, and I hope somehow they make good changes for the second season. I don't think there's a chance in hell we don't get a second season of this, unfortunately. The second season. No, it's already it's already been it's it's already greenlit. It's filming this summer. Yeah, it, it's already greenlit. It would take the work of God to get it to not release at this point. I'm hoping it doesn't take an act of God to get better staff on the writing team. Yeah, no, this is not a this is not we're not having a Zack Snyder situation here. Um, but in the situation, he's not replaced with Joss Whedon. He's replaced with like fucking Sam Raimi or somebody. Hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. That's it. 
We love you. I don't.